<laughs> Hello, I'm Pete Can, laughter leader, positive thinker, and entrepreneur. And you're listening to Laughter and Positivity with Pete, where each week I'll bring you tips and tricks to lead a happier, more positive life. Ready? Let's go. Today I'm very, very happy to be joined by the lovely Kate Lester. And Kate is a multi-award winning founder and CEO of the Diamond Logistics Group, including over 25 diamond fulfillment and delivery centres, sites around the UK and the online logistics platform Dispatch Lab. A passionate advocate of shared success, she's a proper business geek with a passion for helping people to build their businesses. Kate, Oh, did that well, Pete. <laughs> it's almost like I wrote that myself. That was about, I nearly started stumbled on one dispatch lab, yeah. but, but um, yeah. yeah, thank you. Nice to see you. Yeah, very nice to see you too. How are you doing? I'm very well. I'm very well. Um, Kate, I'm just going to throw something straight at you. Okay, <laughs> so so you, you probably don't know that this happened, but quite a few years ago, you posted on Facebook about the Miracle Morning, mm-hmm. and I saw that post. And I can't remember how many years ago it was, but I grabbed that and I've been practicing the Miracle Morning for, for, for quite a few years now. And I just want to, first of all, show you gratitude for that because um, Thank you. I, I don't know if I've ever said that before. But um, yeah, and and I suppose that, that just moves straight into sort of your story and, you know, how, yeah, how, how did you become the CEO of Diamond Logistics? Oh, um, well, I was only 20 when I started my business. So that was back in 1992. So Diamond's over 28 years old now. Um, So a very brave young lady, age 20, was working for a courier company that was basically going down the Swanee and just thought she could do a better job. Um, And I did that and I had a couple of children and a couple of divorces. Um, And then when the, and basically sort of ran a boutique kind of business with a logistics consultancy that ran alongside that up until about 2011. Um, And then with the kids, you know, sort of like either going off to university or going through A-levels, they didn't need mum quite so much. So I then decided to pretty much scale my business and have been on the roller coaster um, of a tenfold expansion since then. Um, And so that's been really interesting um, in the Confucius kind of uh, definition of interesting. Um, uh, And it's been joyful and hideous and wondrous and tragic in equal measure um but mostly obviously sort of up otherwise I wouldn't still be doing it um and now as as you rightly said you know we've got over 25 sites around the UK we'll have 40 by the end of this year we're very lucky to be one of the industries that's doing well at this period of in time um but quite frankly we'd have a we'd had a couple of years up until this point in time having quite a challenging um time in our business Um, So I certainly know what it's like to go through a very, very difficult time. I certainly know what it's like to feel like your back's up against the wall. And I'm just sort of hoping that some of the stuff that I can share with your audience today is just going to be the lessons that I learned when stuff was really, really tricky. Um, And hopefully that can help them get through. Perfect. That sounds exactly the sort of thing that I'm after. So, and the guys that listen, obviously, as well. So what... um... What, what what tips have you got then for actually why don't we just t- start with why your back was against the wall give, give us a couple of examples of oh gosh so um you scale a big business and so and everybody knows this so you start off with a business and it's this beautiful small boutique business and it's only you running it and you're the artisan of the business and it's all fabulous 
So I call it the asshole ratio. Um, so basically, I believe that there's one in 10 sort of assholes in this world, which means primarily most people are really lovely and really kind. Um, but when you're only dealing with 10 people a day, then that only means you'll only come across one asshole. When you're dealing with 100 people in a day, then you'll come across 10 assholes in a day. And the human psyche is default set up to look at the kind of negative. So A, as you scale your business, you'll come across a tsunami of assholes, and that's really tricky. Um, the other thing is, is that people become very envious of what you're doing and they try and steal it. Um, uh, so we had a lot of challenges with fraud and business theft, and that was really horrible, particularly as I'm a real sort of people person and our business is very much relationship kind of based. So to be stabbed in the back like that, I found really, really challenging. And then we had to deal with, you know, the big bad boys of big business. Um, and, you know, they uh, effectively were really, really challenging and their ethics were really challenging and all this kind of stuff. So we had some pretty scary moments in terms of, you know, um, service providers withholding key services to the business and all this kind of stuff. And, and of course, we were also scaling a business from a million pounds revenue to 10 million pounds revenue, um, only backed on bank finance. So we had the joy of that um, cash flow. In addition to all of that, of course, we had the joyous Brexit vote, um, which meant that we lost a load of our overseas clients as well. So at the same time whereby um, we had to uh, shut down half of our network because they were basically stealing from us um, and re-recruit really good network partners, which is what we've got now, um, we also had to deal with the exodus of about a third of our clients as a result of Brexit. Um, so since about 2018, we've been rebuilding the business. And as I said, you know, back in 2020, we're back in, in growth. Uh, we'll probably see about 40, 50% growth this year. So, but it's been a tough couple of years. It really has been a tough couple of years. So, so, so how, how, how does Kate Lester deal with a day where you wake up and you've, you know, what's coming, you know, you've got a tsunami of assholes to deal with. Yeah. You know that you've got all these different, you know, issues and, and problems. I mean, what, what are the couple of tips that you could share that's helped you? I'm going to sort of quote, I think it's Marcus Aurelius who said something about being a rock whilst the waves crash around you. You know, you've got to be really immovable in terms of your purpose. And the one thing, regardless of how um, tough it was, if I become all sort of Churchillian now and say, you know, when, the, when, when, um, You've just got to keep going, really. Um, but we, we've never changed our purpose. We never changed our destination. And we never changed our own ethics and morality, regardless of, of the challenges that we had. And as a result of that, it was possible to see that, A, we were doing the right things, even though they were really hard. B, that we were going in the right direction, um, even though we had people, you know, bandits on the highway on the, of the destination that we were going on. Um, and also, I had a core belief, Pete, an absolute core belief that we would achieve what we were trying to achieve. Um, I'd created an amazing business model. Um, my business partner um, and I had created some incredible kind of software. We've um, uh, developed a fabulous team that we've nurtured and cared for passionately over the last few years. Um, and... You know, we we never stop believing, uh, and I think that was incredibly important. That's not to say that I haven't had as many three o'clock in the morning moments that you guys have had in the last sort of like three months. Um, it's been incredibly challenging. Actually, the coronavirus stuff hit us in sort of February, by the way, because we stopped getting all the Chinese imports for all our fulfillment clients. So we had the dip January, February, which is quite interesting. And then March, of course, everybody went online crazy, and our business has picked up since then. Um, but if you truly believe in where you're going then you just, anything that comes across you is just an obstacle. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, 
deciding you're going to go to the Lake District, right? So you know you're going to go to the Lake District, but even if the M6 is closed and you're just going to take a different route, you know, and so it may be a horrendous journey and it may take you longer, but your destination hasn't changed. And I think that's the thing about us. Definitely, definitely. It's just like you say, purpose and visualisation, I think, is a big thing and just knowing what, like you say, the end, end goal is. And the Lake, Des- Lake District's a lovely part of the world as well. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. M- M6, not so much. but no, no. <laughs> so, so do you have any sort of daily habits that you, that you do on a daily basis? Yeah, well, I, I, I kind of adopted that Miracle Morning um, uh, and I can't do it in 10-minute slots. I'm a kind of get-stuck-in person. But um, I, I think I certainly committed to getting up very early. So my alarm goes off about 4.45. I always think it's a good day if I'm up for the shipping forecast. And, and that's part of my almost morning kind of meditation listening. I know so much about farming today and the shipping forecast. It's quite scary. Um, So I do have a routine uh, that I perform every morning and it always includes um, uh, making sure that I've um, eaten all the right things. So um, I take a load of multivitamins and supplements and, you know, bioimmuno stuff and all the rest of it um, that I've always uh, got in front of my work day. That's incredibly important for me. I've, I've always done a couple of hours work before normal businesses have opened um, I've always done uh, between an hour and an hour and a half of exercise, and that's just some way of moving. So it could be walking, it could be running, it could be yoga. Um, it, it's always walking and running as well as everything else because I have a Dalmatian who needs an intense, as you've met Benji, he needs an intense amount of exercise. Um, uh, but so I always make sure I move my body and all the rest of it. I always make sure I eat really, really well. Um, and I write stuff down. So I don't necessarily write my journal every day. Um, uh, I did that when I actually that's one of my tips for when stuff is really tough by the way I think having a journal when stuff is really tough is a really sort of cathartic thing um, I find when my head is a bit calmer I don't have so much to kind of write down um, but yeah so you know get up early get running before everybody else does um, look after yourself first in terms of your nutrition your health care um, your exercise your food um, yeah, and also, I guess, uh, make sure you know what you're doing when you wake up in the morning because you've organised it the day before. I think that helps you sleep better and it also gives you direction for that day as well. I, you know, I, I would feel, even if it's a weekend, I like to have an idea of what I'm doing. So I'm a bit of a planner. bit of structure, isn't it? It helps. bit of structure, yeah, 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 I think so. Well, you know, purpose is a really enormous thing and I think particularly in this sort of like time of corona, business in the time of corona, um, purpose has been one of the things that all of us that haven't been furloughed and all of us that have had to work through this has been such a gift. And um, I can't imagine what it's like for people who are shielding, who have these endless days whereby they've pretty much run out of stuff to do now. Um, And without the purpose of work, you know, we should have an enormous amount of gratitude about how doing something rewarding and productive makes us feel. So that that sense of purpose, I never wake up. There's, there, there's not a day in my life that I've woken up and thought I've got nothing to do. Um, and I'm eternally grateful for that, eternally grateful for that. Nice. You, met, you mentioned that whole purpose of work as well and, and obviously only a chef agency, the amount of chefs that I've spoken on our books that – just I'll go and wash dishes I just want to go and do something and just have like say a purpose and 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 just be busy I suppose as well isn't it like there's there's only so many fence panels you can paint isn't there and and yeah so um so where, where would you say you got your positive outlook on life I don't know I don't know if it's kind of 
innate um, or I'm delusional. <laughs> I could just be a little bit delusional. I think you have to be a little bit crazy to run your own business. Um, I think there's a much easier life to be had being a PAYE employee um, uh, to have a business whereby you have to be responsible for being entirely self-motivated for over 30 years uh, means you're probably a little bit doolally tap, quite frankly. Um, and I'm quite happy sitting in that space. That's that's fine by me. Um, I don't I don't know where I get my positivity from. I mean, you know, I think I've always been pretty stoic. Um, I think I've always had quite a naughty sense of humour. I think that's been really important. I've always lived quite a kind of bohemian life um and I've always been a bit of a rock and roll wild child so I've got a true passion for life and do you know where I think I've got it from actually it's just sprung to me just like this I I witnessed my grandfather die die when I was six years old I came over to this country and watched him he died of bowel cancer and um I was aware from the age of six that life is very very short and very very precious And so I have tried to pack so much into my 48 years that I don't think, and I have been on my deathbed on a couple of occasions, unfortunately, but one time when I was going down to theatre and I was bleeding out and it was all a bit of a nightmare and all the rest of it, I just, it was all the world was going grey, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I kind of lay there quite peacefully thinking, I couldn't have achieved another thing because I've packed it all in. You know, uh, I've done all the things that I could possibly have hoped to do and more. So I think gratitude is part of it. Um, knowing that life is incredibly short and incredibly precious is important. And being a bit irreverent is a bit important and a bit, you know, up yours to the man, really. I think that's important too. Perfect. Perfect. So when, um, have you got sort of like, cause you've obviously helped a lot of people over the years as well, when, especially sort of, you know, being a business owner, but also being, uh, you know, like I say, positive, mindset you you know people listen to you when you talk because they value your opinion so is there any sort of memorable times where you think actually you know if you look back at it and go do you know what I really what I said really helped them and and you can blow your own trumpet a little bit here if you if you like as well um well I actually have a personal KPI of getting a sincere thank you from someone I've helped every week and if I don't achieve that and when I mean sincere thank you I mean like a written card or flowers or a you know whatever it is just something whereby people have had to you know, um, not just send me a text message saying, thanks, babe, that was really helpful, but a sincere, a sincere, you know, a sincere thank you is my personal KPI. Um, and that's pretty much the way I've kind of lived my life. Um, I get really, really inspired by helping businesses grow. Um, I've been a small business geek since I was 12 I think when I first started helping out in my mum's business my dad always had his own business Um, and if I can help uh, start up businesses or scale up businesses with the help that I didn't have when I was trying to do the stuff that I can do then then that just brings me an enormous amount of joy. Um, I get particularly fulfilled by seeing people that I've nurtured really grow um, so really grow into new roles um, you know, people moving up within my organisation, people scaling their businesses, um, people achieving their kind of life goals as a result of maybe some of the stuff that I've kind of helped them with. Um, so that that gives me a, a lot of gratitude. But, you know, literally from clients that we've scaled from £10,000 a month to £100,000 a month to people that have started as telephonists that are now, you know, national network trainers to 
um, businesses that, you know, have scaled based on what Diamond can do for them to the 25, you know, um, network partners who have, uh, you know, half of them I've had sincere thank yous from since this whole coronavirus thing has kicked off because they've said that if it wasn't for the diversity of the service that Diamond was providing and the support that we provided for an HQ, they wouldn't have a business anymore. So, so that is extraordinarily rewarding, extraordinarily rewarding. Amazing, amazing. So, so what would you say, because I know the sort of people that listen to this podcast are, there are small business owners, there are self-employed people as well, or there maybe are people that are sort of sat on the fence just looking from their job thinking, oh, I might try something myself I mean what what advice would you give to anyone that is maybe starting off try not to draw any money from the business for as long as you possibly can because it needs capital that's really important have a plan the amount of business owners that I know that don't have a plan of where they're going and what they're doing I think is staggering I did a workshop once and there was about 30 people in the room and the only people in the room that had a business plan was myself and the other person that was facilitating it and I think that's scary um uh, be prepared to make personal sacrifices. If anybody thinks that running your own business is easy, they are crazy. Um, and also you have to have an enormous sense of personal responsibility. So you will live and die on your sword and you have to have the um, gumption to be able to deal with that. So that that's my advice. Fairly salutary, I'm afraid. But, you know, it's a serious leap, right? You know, don't forget, don't forget over nine out of ten businesses fail. That's the reality. You know, I am an anomaly still being in business 28 years later. Um, that's only one in 10. And for businesses that scale over three million pounds, you're talking like a 0.111% or something to that effect. So, you know, it, it's, um, it, it, it's a big leap. And, I don't, and I, I've seen a lot of startup businesses, you know, particularly people come to us for fulfillment and all the rest of it. And they've invested £100,000 worth of life savings. And it falls on their bum because they haven't got those things in, in place. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, yeah, you've got to be incredibly resilient, incredibly resilient. And what, what are the benefits of having your own business, would you say, for you? I, well, for me, I, I, well, I, couldn't, I couldn't have a boss, could I, Pete? I'm the most unemployable person I know. Uh, can you imagine? It's, um, <laughs> no, it's just ridiculous. I'm, I'm entirely unemployable. If I didn't start my own business, I would have been fired from every job that I would have had. Because I'm, you know, I'm absolutely sure I would have told the board of directors off at some point. Um, uh, I guess um, having, being able to be the purveyor of your own destiny, knowing that your hard work, as long as it's directed in the right direction, um, you know, you will be rewarded for it, I think is really great. Being able to choose the people you work with, that's really awesome. I don't have to have any assholes in my business, you know, that's really great. Um, and... It took me a long time, by the way. It probably took me the best part of 20 years. I don't think people sort of really recognise this. But, you know, to uh, create a business that I'm still as passionate about, you know, 28 years on, but particularly in the last eight years when we started scaling it and all the rest of it, you know, I, I take incredible pride in what I do every day. And, and, and I'm very proud of my team, incredibly proud of my team. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't live any other way. I wouldn't live any other way. I couldn't live the other way. <laughs> and, and I think also, you know, that I, I suppose talking from from a personal um, experience as well, it's just nice having the freedom, although you, 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 it's hard to switch this thing off. I think freedom's a myth, Pete. I, 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 had, I had a conversation with, you know, I have like a, you know, counsellor come business coach person that I speak to every week. That's my 
a part of my mental, you know, staying fit and staying fit. You know, a lot of people would have a personal trainer. I have a head coach, I guess. Um, and that's really important, by the way, so that I can have these wacky sort of conversations and, and remain nice and calm like a swan the rest of the time. Um, oh, and I've lost my thread there. What were we talking about? Uh, experiences and being able to create your own... Was it? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I was saying, like, last uh, Wednesday and Thursday was one of the very few days this year that I decided, because the forecast was really good, that I was actually going to um, take the afternoon off and hit the beach with my paddleboard. Um, But I got up at four o'clock in the morning to do a day's work before one o'clock so that I could hit the beach on the paddleboard, you know. And then when I came home, of course, after hitting the beach on the paddleboard, I went through my emails and then did a bit of marketing and all this kind of stuff. So if you are very, very passionate about your business, this whole concept of freedom, you know, bar the fact, yes, I can probably choose to take eight weeks holiday a year. Um, but the work that I put in in between that is far more than anybody else does. You know, I, I don't work 40, 50 hours a week. I'm thinking about my business all the time. It's, it's an obsession, you know, and, and you don't have life balance. So you, what you have is choice. It is my choice to be that obsessed. It is my choice to get up at four o'clock in the morning. It is my choice to work in the way that I do. So freedom, I don't think you have freedom with your own business, no. And if you think, you ha- if you think you're going to get that, you will have a lifestyle business. If you want to get a business which is going to provide you and your family with retirement kind of money, then you've got another thing coming. All right. That's all right. Um, it's, true, right? it's, it's true. It is true. And um, so who, who, who inspires you and why? I'd say everyday normal people who have an amazing attitude and a sense of contentment. So I can name two off the top of my head. My son, Oscar, um, him and his girlfriend had a baby uh, a couple of days before lockdown and he was furloughed and his girlfriend's on maternity leave and they've had a baby that they haven't been able to share with the rest of the world. I was lucky enough to hold her for a few hours before lockdown kind of happened and then I had to whisk my mum into shielding and all this kind of stuff. But I haven't seen her since then. And as a young couple, their positivity and focus on the future and just dealing with the stuff that's happening to them as it happens at the moment, I find incredibly kind of admirable. I also have another friend of mine, Ruth, um, and her and I are like complete chalk and cheese. Um, but she has such a generosity of spirit and such a magnificent concept of it will be what it will be um, that I really, really admire that. So I admire people with really amazing sort of personal character traits, probably the ones that I don't have. Um, so they're the people that inspire me every day and, and people that are just naturally kind and um, people that are just naturally thoughtful. I, I, get, I, I don't have heroes. I, I have day-to-day people who inspire me. What about sort of the people that are listening to, again, to the podcast? Is I'll always like to let them know maybe a book that is um, inspiring. Uh, that's, that, that's really easy. So, so the, the book that I believe everybody should, um, uh, in fact, I'll send you a copy, Pete. I've got, I've got stacks of them in my office. Um, the book that everybody should have as part of their library, and if they haven't read it, they're entirely missing out on the whole purpose of any of us being, is Viktor Frankl, um, Frankl's book, um, which is, oh, God, I've just forgotten the name. It's the um, 
That's great, isn't it? That I've forgotten the actual name of it. But Viktor Frankl, I think it's the um, the importance of meaning or the meaning of life or whatever it is. Um, and basically, this guy was in Auschwitz, and it was just talking about as a human being, we have basically the opportunity to choose our attitude every day. So we cannot choose the things that are going on around us. What we can choose is the way we react to them all. Um, so it's all about attitude, really. And, you know, when you see the obscene kind of cruelty of sort of Auschwitz and, and you know, his wife being separated from him and, you know, all the people that he was there with dying and all the rest of it, this guy retained humanity and generosity of spirit and kindness and all the rest of it. I'm pretty sure it's called The Meaning of Life or, or um, the, uh, oh, anyway, it's got a bird on the front. Anyway, um, it sounds awful that I don't know the name of this, of, the favorite, of my favourite book, but um, I've literally sent it to all the girls in the FSA and all that kind of stuff. It's just one of the most important books. Um, so if you haven't got that one, as particularly as I've described it so well in this, in this podcast, <laughs> then do look it up. But if you look up Viktor Frankl, the um, book will come up. Um, but that's really, really, really important. I'll put, I'll put a link in the show notes. And as I'm talking now, it'll just pop into your head because you're going to be thinking about this. Or or later on, you'll just, just wake up and go, that was it. <laughs> so, yeah. so what um, what two habits or exercises would you suggest to somebody listening um, who wants to get start focusing on the positive mindset and getting shit done? Well, procrastination is a really difficult one, particularly in this sort of time and age. I, I think um, having a list of things to do um, that you're determined to tick off every day is a really good way of stopping procrastinating because you just, you know, you just sort of go into automation and, and kind of do it. So uh, be organised, write a to-do list and just sort of follow it through. That helps counter pro- procrastination, which is really important for being positive because procrastination is one of those hideous downward spirals, right? You don't do stuff. And then you don't do stuff and then you feel shit because you're not doing stuff and then you don't do stuff. And it's like there's really downward spiral. So get a to do list. I think that's really important for feeling positive. There's something beautiful about ticking stuff off, even if it's just like the first three things I had to do today were cancel a bank card, order some wheels for my car and organize a furniture collection of an old bed from my flat in Brighton. But, you know, before 8.30 in the morning, I'd done three of the things on my to do list. So that's really sort of important. The other thing is, and I know loads of people say it, but if you get into a negative mindset, and I have been in a negative mindset before, and I do really know what it's like, before you go to bed every night, write down all the crappy things that have happened, use your journal, write it all out, write it all out, write it all out, keep it by your bed so if you wake up in the middle of the night going thinking, oh, I've got to do that, you can write those things down as well, but finish with all the little things that you're grateful for. And when I say little things, it can literally be sort of, you know, there was an apricot dawn this morning. I heard a blackbird, you know, I saw the crows knocking the bird feed, you know, out of my bird feeder, you know, um, uh, I've found a parking space with ease, you know, whatever, whatever the tiniest little things is, because then you can start positivity as a layering effect. So, you know, if you start from a negative mindset perspective, you can start, you can start training your brain to see the positive rather than the negative. Um, and, and it's that practice I mean, I always say as well, you know, we, as shit as things may seem in this country at the moment and all the rest of it, we do not live in a third world country. No one's going to fall on their ass here. Okay. We do not, we have water, we have a roof over our heads, we have education, we have healthcare. You know, ultimately speaking, you know, again, I, I was in the tsunami in 2004 and, um, and I've been in some incredible sort of um, areas of the world and all the rest of it. And, Again, fostering that sense of gratitude, 
you know, because most of our luck in this country particularly was purely the people we were born to or the country we were born in. You know, um, again, read something like The Beekeeper of Aleppo and really, you know, get into your mind, you know, how awful it is for these people that are desperately trying to cross our channel in order to just be part of this country and all the rest of it. So foster an attitude of gratitude, I think, is incredibly important. Nice. So I think just touching on that positive and how the way you frame things, it just put into my mind a second ago, I've been... Go, I've been to the tip today to drop loads of wood. Like, I mean, loads, a car full of decking. And I was sat there and I was like, you know, it's all segmented. You've got wood, you've got metal, plastic, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, I know what's going to happen here. I'm not going to be outside the wood bit. And and lo and behold, I wasn't. I was the other end. But I managed to get some steps on my watch, and, you know, and managed to, to it, it took a bit longer. But I looked at the positive side of it rather than actually just go. It's a reframe, right? You know, there, there there is always something positive to see about all of it. You know, there is always something positive in everything. Um, you know, I, I've found a friend of mine recently um had cancer, you know, quite badly and, and had, you know, like over a year's worth of kind of treatment. And her attitude coming out of it, um, Deborah, has filled me with joy and um, a reconciliation that even in your darkest days you can see some kind of positivity. And, and um, yeah, it, it's very, very inspiring. It, it's it, Again, it's as Viktor Frankl says, you can choose your attitude to all of this. And, and there is no point having a negative attitude there is literally no point what is the point being massively cynical what is the point in thinking the world is against you what is the point in believing that it's all doom and gloom because there's nothing you can do to impact on all of that the only thing you have any impact on is you and your circle of influence so you know what is the point of being negative there's literally utterly no point utterly no point you heard it first here by the lovely Kate <laughs> It's so true. It is so true. It's so true. So, so where Kate, if people have listened to this and just going, I need, I need to get some more Kate into my life. Where, where could they find you? Well, I, well, I did have a blog that I ran for a couple of years and I put it on hold a couple of years ago and it's, you can find it at katelester.com. So that's got some old like blog stuff, YouTube stuff and all the rest of it. So they're very welcome to do that. But if they wanted to get a hold of me, then um, my email address is just kate at diamondlogistics.co.uk. Um, but I will start doing a few more blogs again. I've, I've had a lot of feedback about how much they helped people up until this point in time and, and uh, people, you know, fancy a little bit more of that in their life. I'd really like to help. You know, if, the more people I can help, the better. So that would be great. Amazing. Amazing. So final thoughts then. What are the three things that bring you joy? My friend's dog's dog. Dogs. Uh, please don't tell me I've got two. Uh, my friend's dog and family, for sure. Um, this is going to be a complete Kate one, though. I really love my business going well and seeing my team really fly and, and helping all these businesses grow. That that genuinely fills my heart with proper business geeky joy. Um, and as I said, that um, personal KPI, just to get a sincere thank you from someone at least once a week for doing something, yeah, just doing something that really helps somebody. They're the three things that really give me joy. Fantastic. Kate, it's been lovely chatting to you. Um, I've got one more small favour. I like to start the podcast with um, with a little snippet of a laugh, and I've not heard your laugh yet, I don't think. so. <laughs> there you go. Thank you so much for listening to Laughter and Positivity with Pete. To access today's show notes and exclusive content, please head over to petecan.com forward slash podcast be sure to tune in next week for your next dose of laughter and positivity until then remember if pete can 
you can. <laughs>